if it isn't that son of a bitch, Delvin Cox. What up, man? 300 motherfucking episodes. That is uh, not a small task. Speaking as someone that has done 377 episodes uh, as of this recording. It, it is, this. oh my God, it's so, so uh, tiresome, tedious, but it is a labor of love, I guess. Anyway, uh, enough of my podcasting woes and everything. This is about you, you sorry son of a bitch. Um, I want to let you know that I appreciate you. I appreciate everything that you do for the podcasting community, because not only do you help me and so many others out, uh, you just like continue to go above and beyond sometimes, which is, you know, very much appreciated. Uh, I want to recognize you on this 300th episode as being one of the good ones out there, man. You, you are like great. You're awesome. I can't think of any other words to, you know, express how awesome of a human being you are besides the podcast and stuff. And uh, I once again, I appreciate you. You know, I, I just I just can't convey it enough. I can't say it enough that, uh, you know, you're fucking awesome. Congratulations on this milestone. If you want to proceed down this path, I wish you another 300 more. And uh, whatever you do outside of this, I wish you many, many uh, amounts of success, respect, and all the other bullshit. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. You can kiss my ass. Uh, hashtag punch Delvin in the face. Uh, he ain't shit. And uh, forget everything that I've just said in the past uh, two minutes or so. Fuck you, Devin. Bye. This is Joshua Stearns, a.k.a. Snerts. I wanted to congratulate Delvin on 300 episodes of the Delvin Cox Experience. My favorite episodes involve deep dives into serious topics, be it an in-depth look at the N-word, history with Country Boy from One Mike History, or more current events with Jason Dutch. I also appreciate Delvin's support and collaboration with content creators. There's a reason he's who would win Judge of the Year, gutter extraordinaire on gutting the sacred cow, except for Jaws, and the best goddamn Green Lantern in the business, Jon Stewart in Justice League Mortal. Stay rad, Delvin. Congrats on this milestone.
Okay, yeah, that's right. Okay, welcome everybody to this uh, special episode of the Delvin Cox Experience. Um, we're trying to unite the culture through diversity, um, which I say, fuck that shit. Let's keep it separated. <laughs> it's so ironic he um, says that, but he came up with the catchphrase. <laughs> he came up with it. So, you know, I have, it's been a while since I've been on, but uh, this is me, Chalfie. You know, I'm out here just uh, interviewing Delvin today because it is a milestone. Um, you know, we're going to be recognizing and celebrating his 300th, uh, 300th episode. And that shit's amazing. That's a lot of hours. That's a lot of conversations. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think about that because it's 300 episodes. But then when you look at like Cadillac the bars, Yeah. Everything else. <laughs> the one-offs. Yeah. The So Tell Me's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> PSVG. Yeah. There's a lot going on, man. Goddamn podcast. I mean, <laughs> when you really think about it, like it only costs you your health and a marriage. Like, I mean, yeah, pretty much. That's all it costs. <laughs> That's all it costs. I mean, you know, you're better for it now. Yeah. But uh, you know, in true Delman Cox experience style, we're gonna start off with a five for five for my man over here. Oh, you ready, Delvin? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Five for five. What is worse during a kiss? Having them sneeze or having them burp in your mouth? Oh, you know what? Sneeze. Sneeze. Because there's a chance snot might be in in play. Okay, okay. 90% of the time when people burp, nothing Mm -hmm. comes out. It just burped unless they're on a throw up. I mean, it's the same possibility, right? There's that, but that's a rarity. People uh, usually sneeze. It's always sometimes usually a little piece of snot or something comes out. Yeah, but what if they got like a wild, funky burp, you know, where they're just like, damn, I just ate like lasagna and garlic bread. Yeah, but I don't want to taste snot. That's disgusting. <laughs> that is absolutely disgusting. <laughs> I'm not six years old. <laughs> so you'll take <laughs> the kidding. burp? What if, it's like a, what if it's a long burp, too, where it's just like, bah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's gross. That's <laughs> absolutely gross. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty nasty, right? I mean, it's just like I mean, when I thought about it, I was like, I don't know which is worse. I think they're both fucked up. They're both because fucked like, up. I would have chose sneeze as well as the worst one because also people jolt their heads when they sneeze sometimes. Yes, Man, you get a full ass fucking head, but <laughs> <laughs> what if you date a big head ass girl? That's true too. Damn, man, knock you straight out. Right, done being like fucking Bonk's adventure over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What conspiracy do you think might be true? Well, shit, all the ones that, that I thought might be true actually turned out to be true. All right. So like what, the, the, the whole thing about the Black Panthers actually turned out to be true. Okay. Well, the whole I, thing. Give us some details, man. Don't be like Otis out here just giving like oh, the okay. ending and then we don't know the story. In the, in the, in the 80s, let's say 90s, mm-hmm. any black guy knows this. They used to walk around like, you meet the brother in the street, he always said, like, you know, the, the FBI got rid of the Black Panthers and stuff like that. That mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily common knowledge. Right. You, 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 you heard the story about the Black Panthers and stuff like that. You would think, like, they, they kind of self-imploded. And what they would believe make you to believe was that after Malcolm X died, it kind of... Essentially, what schools taught us was after Malcolm X and Martin Luther King died, the Civil Rights Movement kind of died with it. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you look further into it, and then you start hearing the stories of the Black Panthers, and then you, I think it was several years back, an FBI document got released, mm-hmm. 
they're like, it yeah, was yeah, intentional. Yeah, they, they were they talking about how they was kind of like, yeah, we fucked over the Black Panthers. We like all the stuff that pe- people were saying, barbershops, and how they put drugs in the community and stuff like that mm-hmm. was fucking true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so kind of jarring to you to realize, to, yeah. like, to think of. And then once you realize that, then you start reading into history when it comes to minorities in America, then you start saying, okay, now I see how that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It really, when you, and it's funny because you, you know, when you go into this realm of like sort of like political conspiracy or like, um, like social relations and like the thoughts and conspiracies behind when you first hear it, it's like, man, that's just old heads talking or yes. you're just, you know, you spend too much time on the internet type of thing. But then when you start to see evidence, it fucks with your head because it's, it's rocked your reality. Yeah. Like actual evidence, not mm-hmm. shit that they done made up. Yeah. Not something, some dude on TikTok is like, yeah. here's top three reasons why this is true. It's like, no, like here's uh here's documents that have been leaked or let out. And then you have to now question everything. Yeah. Well, like, what else did I think was true or fed to me is not like uh is not the truth. Yeah. Well, a couple of is aliens, mm-hmm. and, and they've kind of let us know. Yeah, they kind of exist. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't got the full like reveal yet, but we got enough to be like, yeah. I mean, shit's out there. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we're not gonna show you any like headshots or eight by tens yet, but it'll come. We'll show you a flying saucer, some shit that looks weird that we don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, yeah, that's another one too. But there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there for sure. Uh, but that's a good one. Oh, uh, in Delvin's uh, truest form, good answer. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. Okay. This one's going to need some thought and some detail. So don't give okay. me a shorty ass answer. Okay. Okay. If the police arrested you with no explanation, what would your friends and family assume you had done? That's a great question. I know. Duh. <laughs> and I think there might be two different answers. Okay. Okay. Depending on the crowd. Yeah. Okay. I think my family mm-hmm. would probably think I would have hurt somebody. Like, okay. like beat the shit out of somebody, like to protect somebody in the family. Okay. My friends probably would think it'd be some shit like he done, <laughs> some wild, weird shit. Like he done got caught up in a drug sting or prostitution ring or something like that. All right. Damn, prostitution ring. That's right. Because you're out in these streets right now. You know, <laughs> the women. maybe, you never know. They're like, uh, she said she wasn't. Escort. <laughs> <laughs> See, my as, as a friend, my my two thoughts were this: one is you would get arrested because you had purchased some like bootleg video games or Blu-ray DVDs and got caught up in the sort of mix of that. <laughs> See, but they don't really arrest people for that. I don't think like shit they actually arrest people for. No, well, but then again, I am black, so they would arrest get me. Deeper into the web, where they'd be like, "Oh, we have them in the warehouse over here," and you're like, "Okay, cool, I'll come through and pick someone up." And then that's when they raid it. Yeah, and you're like, "That's a good I point. shouldn't be here," you know. Like, that's like, a good you point. Need to come, or the more serious one, less lighthearted. Your ex-wife beats you up, but you go to jail because they believe her, not you. Yeah, that, that, that's also likely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, both, both are both are possible. So yeah. I was like, hmm. These these two could uh these two could really happen. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. A fourth question. What part of a kid's movie completely like scarred you for life? Where you're like, fucking kids be watching this? This is terrible. In terms of like, it, this is terrible? Because, you like, know, the, 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 the go-to answer is usually Optimus Prime's death. But I don't okay. think that was terrible. I think that no, that's was, that's fair. That's fair. Why was Optimus Prime's death, like, scarring for you? Because I was six years old. Like, goddamn. It's weird to see, like, when you're six years old and you're, like, a huge Transformers fan. Mm-hmm. And then you fucking like, you know, if you watch Transformers in the 80s, Autobots got shot all the time or Decepticons mm-hmm. got shot. They didn't die. They didn't get their heads blown off or nothing like that. And yeah. then you watch this movie and one of the first major scenes is fucking Ironhide, who's like a staple of Transformers, literally getting his head blown off. Like, holy shit. Then you're yeah. like, oh, I can't get worse than this. Then you get to the whole badass scene where this Prize fighting Megatron. And you're like, okay, this is awesome. This is great. Then, you know, you have to see where Optimus Prime dies. And mm-hmm. then, the, then to show you that he's dead, he turns to rust. I'm like, the fuck? Yes. Yes, that, that, is, that's, that is scarring. I do remember that. You're definitely spot on. Um, as I chose this question, I was like, is this motherfucker going to make it Transformers related? And yes. then you did. <laughs> yeah. I have another one, too, which is, on, which is why it's on regular TV. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched the cartoon show Dungeons and Dragons? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of my favorite cartoon shows as a kid. Oh yeah, highly wild. inappropriate. Oh no, for sure. It, for for a, a show that's for kids, it was highly, highly sexualized. The violence was like insane. Yes, it, it was. It was crazy. It was just like the American attempt at anime. Yeah, but through an American lens, you know. So it was like yes. not much of a story, just like booty cheeks hanging out and people getting their heads chopped off. Yes. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons was a great cartoon show. Saturday morning cartoons. I appreciate that you did call it Transformers and not Transformers 1986, because that's not part of the title. No. And then <laughs> it's Transformers the movie. But when I anytime I tell somebody Transformers the movie is my favorite one, they think of the microwave babe one. I'm like, fuck you. No, no, that's absolutely not, it. not. No, zero. And uh, but you are definitely right. That was I remember seeing it in the theater and it blew my mind because it was like yeah, these dudes didn't die. Yeah. Like, they got shot at. The whole show is about them shooting at each other all the time. And then they get blasted, fall on their back, they come back, everything's good. A few of those little scuff mark drawings yes. on them. That's the worst that happened. But when fools were, like, actually getting capped, it was like, oh, 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 we're killing people. Yeah. Okay. And then when they went through the process of Optimus dying, it was like, what is happening here? Like, of all the battles and all the fights that they've gone through, the amount of hits he's had, and it's like, wait, he's de- nah, he's not dead. Yeah, like he's oh, he's dead, 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 Yikes. dead. Like, I mean, they're robots too, so like you can't just like fix them. Mechanic, <laughs> like you know, the Jiffy Loop, right? And then we learn about like the fucking spark and all that shit, and then we're like, okay, so like they're literally removing his soul. Yeah. Okay, like these are concepts we're not ready for. <laughs> It's a, it's a wild movie when you watch it. It really is. Like, when you break it down with an adult lens, like, it's one of those things as a kid, you watch it, and you're just like, this is weird. Like, it's probably the best description you can give, right? And yeah. then as an adult, you're like, oh, yeah, this breaks down, like, way different. Yeah. <laughs> like, this 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 was supposed to be a different movie. 
All right. Now this one's going to require you to take out your phone. Okay. Okay. Uh, you don't have to take a picture of your dick. Just thank God. <laughs> so, um, who is the fifth person on your missed calls? Double. And that would be the fifth question. My ex. Oh, really? Yes. Now missed call. You missed her call, right? Oh, let me let me go correct. Like that's a person you didn't pick up the phone for. Correct. Okay. All right, I, I could appreciate that one. And, and, and that will go into a whole so tell me story. <laughs> All right. We do got to get into a uh, so tell me because I know there's been some drama going on. Yes. But I, I, I will respect the fact that it is your ex that was the missed call because yes. it should be a missed call. Yes. <laughs> In that case, it definitely should have been a missed call. <laughs> Absolutely. Delvin, congratulations on making it to 300 shows. I've loved listening to all of your podcasts. I think you have great guests and do an awesome job of interviewing them. If I had to pick one show, it would be the Halloween special. I thought the writing was excellent and the voice acting was really top tier. Um, I look forward to listening to 300 more shows. Thank you. All right. So all good answers. Good answer. Good answer. Um, so I mean let's 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 talk about this sort of uh this this legacy you've built this this history this all these podcasts I mean 300 that shit is crazy dude like I I could barely do one a month <laughs> 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 like it's, that's like way too hard but Well that's cuz you have a life Chaffee. I mean you have a family that. you have kids you do stuff you're a responsible adult Whether it's a life or not it's also people trying to consume my time and not allowing me to like uh get the freedoms that I I so deserve Oh I so, have that too So if there's that but like I think I think it's huge because you've one you've created a type of content that hasn't declined like you tend to um introduce the audience to new new kinds of people new stories new adventures that it doesn't feel like oh i've heard this story over again or he just keeps interviewing gaming people or you know what i mean like it's not it's not so niche it's very very wide open um and so kind of thinking about like one do you understand like has it hit you do you think about like fuck i've done 300 episodes of this like has that sunk in? Oh uh, yeah, it kind of it kind of has this uh, interesting long ride of mm -hmm. where I was in episode one to where I am now. Yeah, and the people I've met along the way, and, if you, and even add on even more to that, the people who I talk to regularly on episode one, mm -hmm. and the people who I talk to regularly now, mm -hmm. just uh, just a uh, different transition yeah i could see that because like you have the evolutions of relationships and especially because a lot of our relationships in the podcasting community tend to be very like social media based yeah you know and then it's like some people get mad and log off or you just completely forget like oh shit we used to like you know dm like every day or message every you know respond to each other like every day and then it's like i haven't heard that from this pool in like forever yeah know? like and it's not even because of you. It's just, you know, they log Life. off of Twitter. They don't do Instagram anymore. They don't want to hear the politics or the fucking, you know, the rhetoric that goes on. So they sort of break apart. Um, 
But so yeah, that's got to be interesting when you go through your through your sort of guest list and think about like all those different people you've you've met with. Because even with three hundred, though there are repeat guests, it's not like it's three hundred episodes of like the same seven dudes. Yeah. You know, you probably have a smooth two hundred and fifty that are unique guests, <laughs> and then the yeah. other fifty are the repeats. You know, if that. Yeah, and even with the repeats, I try to bring something different to the table with them each time. Like, you know, like Brandon from Shitty Song of the Week comes on and he tells one of his crazy stories about some guy having sex with the ground or something like that, or he brings a crazy <laughs> song in there. That's an actual thing that happened on the podcast. Yes, he told that story. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I have um, Mike from the One Mike Black History Podcast come on and tell mm-hmm. different stories about... um. It happened in Black history, or we talk social issues and things like that, yeah. you know. I always try to be diverse with that, and I think that's mm-hmm. important to me because, you know, frankly speaking, that's what I like. When I watch talk shows and stuff like that, I always liked when they don't just touch on the same topics every show or have the same guest. Uh-huh, yeah. Breakfast Club was good with that at one yeah. point in time. Because you want to keep expanding the audience, and though you might have people who are just like, I don't I don't enjoy this show or I don't enjoy that type of guest. They'll still come back next week because it's going to be a completely different type. It's not like your show stays in a lane and goes like, oh, damn, this used to be a very like liberal show and now it's gone conservative. It's like, no, you will have a liberal this week and a conservative next week. Yeah. And then you'll have something way different the next week after that. And, and that's the whole concept of the show in general, you know. You don't have to, I like if you listen to them weekly, mm-hmm. but you can jump around to different episodes to see which one you like, the people you like, because mm-hmm. there's, now there's 300 there. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you have, and each episode should feel uniquely different. Like, even now, like, if you go back in the back catalog, intro music from then to now is completely different. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah, of different elements true. to it. And then this intro music is, like, way too fucking long. I've been saying this for a long time now. Like, yeah. if you just cut it in half, that'd be great. Nah. Because uh, I'm not trying to listen to a whole ass intro and then be halfway through my done, halfway done th- with my drive to work. That ain't happening. <laughs> Do you know the, the story behind this new, the new intro? I did at one point. Okay. For those who don't know, I got Mikey Flash, who, who does music and stuff like that, to make an interpretation of Everybody Wants to Rule the, rule the World, Tears for Tape Fears. One mm-hmm. of my favorite songs. And that's what he came up with. It's and it's a great song too, and that kind of takes us into like sort of extensions of like three hundred episodes and and reflecting back. Yeah, the the intro music is different. What have you thinking about your evolution along the way? What have you learned about podcasting? Like, and just the setup itself, because then from there I want to talk about like what have you learned about interviewing, and then even at that with all your guests and everything, what have you learned about yourself? So let's just go back to the first one. What have you learned about like podcasting? It's a process. It's a consistent process. And what I mean by that is a lot goes into making a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think the, 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 the thing that's the most important is time. Mm-hmm. Because if you want to I guess you can call the Delvin Cox experience successful mm-hmm. to a point. If you want to have a successful podcast, you have, honestly have to have the time to make it successful. Yeah, You have to be consistent and have like um, 
weekly episodes or even bi-weekly, whatever you choose to do, yeah. it has to be on a consistent basis. And you have to put yourself out there to meet people, to talk to people, and get people to listen to your show. And be genuine about it. I think that's one of the things that people don't realize. You know, just you talking in the echo chamber to your friends is cool, but you have to also reach out to other people so they'll listen. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really like, in a sense, great advice because anyone's thinking about getting into podcasting, like it's the consistency that really is yeah. it. Like you'll establish a core group of people that might follow along and listen. But if you really want to grow an audience, build a community, the consistency is definitely key because people want to listen back. Like when I think about episodes that are not episodes, shows that I don't listen to anymore, it's not because it really has less to do with their content and more about their their regularity. Because then yeah. I just forget and I'm like, oh, shit, that's right. You guys used to do a thing or um, and I know I'm guilty of this, too, but it's like. Oh damn! You guys went on like a six-month hiatus. Like, is this still even a show? Yeah, you know? that? So it's it, the regularity because then you have something to look forward to, or it's like, oh, is he going to continue this story? Or oh, I'm looking forward to the person that's going to be on next week. Yeah, and also let me add something else to that. I, I think a lot of reasons why I stopped listening to podcasts is because there's like um changes in like the host. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. The host changed, and then you kind of miss that magic of what mm-hmm. made the show special you know and yeah what i see about the devil cox experience is hosts won't ever change mm-hmm. i kind of feel like i kind of feel like you're talking shit about psvg but that's just me i wouldn't even <laughs> refer to them with that one i'm just kidding because they've like, they, they have they've had so many different hosts on so many different shows. They, they have they have they really have i uh i think i guess the good thing about that is they have the show that we have now mm-hmm. that is pretty popular <laughs> it, it is and i think to give credit to that show i think it's three people who have no intentions or thoughts of like stopping mm-hmm. yeah. maybe donnie donnie's you're just having a good time donnie's yeah. good all the time yeah now um what about your interviewing skills what did you learn along the way that made you a better interviewer or like just just even being comfortable with like your own voice and asking people questions. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy from 69 Whiskey, the head advocate of the big titty committee motorboat and Matt. Did somebody say titties? But some of you may also know me as the undercover brother on the Bromigos podcast. And I would like to sit here and congratulate Delvin Cox on hitting 300 episodes of his podcast, The Delvin Cox Experience. Did you know that podcasts don't last more than 10 episodes? Well, this motherfucker ended up hitting 300, so he's doing something right. He's a great host, a great interviewer, as far as I'm concerned, an even better friend. Delvin, congratulations, motherfucker. Looking forward to being a guest on there for the 60th time on both the regular pod and the Patreon versions. Two things I think that are most important. The first one, listen. Yeah. That is super important. Listen so you can understand, so you can keep where a person's coming from. And pertaining to me, I don't pertain this to everybody, but I think pertaining to me in the podcast that I do with the whole tagline, Unite the Culture to Diversity, Mm -hmm. 
don't get offended. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is my show is a show that I try to establish and get points of view that mm-hmm. sometimes I don't agree with. And because I do that, I I try to make sure I don't come off can bat off the people I don't agree with. Because yeah. I want them to yeah. come back and I want them to get their point across and I want the people who listen to the show to decide whether that person is an asshole or not. Mm-hmm. Or whether they agree that person or that person has good points or not. Yeah. And I think that's that's a super hard thing for me to do. Sometimes I'm like, Ugh, I don't yeah. agree with you. I don't like what you're saying. It's dumb as fuck. But it's like if you want to be, you just want to be the pathway yes. for the listener. And so you, I could see that being really hard to remain neutral and then also having to be better at being an interviewer because whether it's a person you align with or not, you want them to give you more and not shut them down. Because if you just respond with, well, that shit's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well just end the fucking podcast right there. Because then they're going to be like, oh, so you you don't want to hear what I have to say. Or why did you even bring me on here? One of the reasons why I'm able to get such a diverse lineup of people is because I just don't do that. Mm-hmm. I let them talk. I let them get their point across. When I feel like they've gone too far, I feel like they need to clarify. So you mm-hmm. might want to clarify this or something like that. But otherwise, that I kind of let them do their thing and get their point across. So I never want to be like the podcaster that has the gotcha moment. Like, ah, I got you said something crazy. Let me go post it for everybody to hear this. I want to be somebody that, hey, if you say something that's wild, Mm -hmm. you're going to stand on it. It's not because because of I made you say it. It's going to be because you said it. That's your wild take, not mine. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. And then you've heard heard so many different stories. You've interacted with so many different people. How has that made a change in your like personal life or your, because it has to have had an influence in how you think or just even how you like see and perceive things. It's given me more people that I appreciate value like you, Jody B for that, that it makes me more open to the world in mm-hmm. terms of the diversity in it. I think that's very important because, you know, I'm a guy from Miami. Mm-hmm. And Miami is a very different place than a lot of places in the United States alone, you know. We have mm-hmm. a very particular type of culture. We have, it's diverse, but it's also very closed-minded out here. Like, yeah. You know, we have a big Cuban population. We have a big gay and trans population down here. But on the other side of that, you have laws that restrict them. So it's kind of so when you have and then you when you have that and then you go see other places that may not have those type of things or have different things that are kind of fucked up. It makes you think, but it also opens your mind and like, hey, things don't have to be this way. Yeah, because it keeps you from like, or it allows you to see like in a sense beyond your fishbowl. Yes, you know because like me living in like the L.A. area, I know. As it's it's very similar to what you're saying. Like, yes, it's it's diverse, it's it's fast moving, but it's not the world, you know? And exactly. so the more you talk to people and connect with people and communicate with them, 
openly, you're going to learn like, oh shit, yeah, this is nothing like Miami. Yeah. Or this is nothing like, uh, you know, somewhere in like Ohio. Like it's not Cleveland. Like the, the, the perspectives, the way people move, the way people process or even value things is so like distinctly different. So when you can sort of collect that from others, it gives you that sort of bigger, broader perspective. And I think too, especially for for guys like you and me, and a lot of a lot of people who listen, you know, being like fathers, like I think it allows us to to give better advice to our kids too. Yeah, because it's, it's so. easy to say like, "Hey, this is just LA shit. This is just Miami shit. Fuck everyone else." But then you're already like you were saying earlier. You then you've closed it off. We only live in this box. Like anything around that is not like worth existing. Delvin. It's your boy, Jason Almy from Shit Happens When You Party Naked, Patreon-only podcast, patreon.com slash team Almy. It's just too offensive for normal human beings. But, Delvin, I wanted to, uh, of course, send you a message saying congratulations. 300 episodes and not a single shooting. So on behalf of Team Almy, myself, and the local New Hampshire government and chamber of commerce, we would like to offer you a badge of distinction of honorary caucasity one of us now caucasian you don't have to renounce your blackness i mean you can be both right like obama could be very useful at times i'm just saying but seriously 300 episodes is quite an achievement very impressive i'm over here uh sitting behind a patreon paywall i'm in my sandbox for retards with like 120 episodes and for real i ate part of a crayon tonight thinking it was a chocolate chip that i had found I ate part of a purple crayon, and in the dark, with my poor eyesight, it looked like it was a chocolate chip, and I put it in my mouth and started chewing, only to learn that it was a crayon. So what you've done is is really impressive, and you're light years ahead of us retards. I'm just saying. I'm one of them. I went full retard on the Delvin Cox experience, and I got to say, I'm never going back. 300 Extra chromosomes right here, baby. I love it. Here's to 300 more. I'm here for it. Congrats again, buddy. Peace. Yeah, and I, I think like a, a funny culture shock that I experienced this year, year was um when I went to North Carolina mm-hmm. with my buddies and we saw everybody following like the crosswalk rules and shit like that. Yeah. Like, they don't care where we come from. That's like, yeah. that's not a thing. Nobody yeah. walks to the crosswalk that goes across the street. Yeah, it's like you just wasted paint painting that crosswalk. Yeah. Like you, I don't know why you did that. <laughs> yeah. We, there's no cars coming. We just crossed the street. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, kind of thinking back into like memories and all. What are some of your like most like highlighted memorable moments throughout the whole 300 where like you just think like top three, these are the best moments that I had? I don't know if I have a top three in particular. Mm-hmm. I, I, I say that because there are so many monumental moments in terms of like that that you don't think of being important. Mm-hmm. But then when you look back at them, you're like, yeah, that was important. Like the first time you've come on the show. Uh-huh. The first time you come on the show is, of course, important because now you're a fixture in my life. Right. First time Jody B's come on. First time I talked to Donnie, which was episode one. And now I'm like a big part of PSVG. <laughs> so yeah. it's wild when you think about that. Like, hey, Donnie Reese was on episode one talking about PSVG and video game shit. 
Yeah. Now, fast forward to episode 300. I am a huge part of, I guess, their flagship show. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's wild to think about. Um, the first episode I did with um, Bobby, Nintendo mm-hmm. Guru, that's an important one to me because we became great friends after that until his passing, honestly. We talked about a whole mm-hmm. bunch of things. So, you know, it's like Sean Capri, doing an episode with Sean Capri. Yeah. And look at where he's at now with Carpool Gaming. You know, it's those episodes, whereas when I was doing them, I didn't think they would matter. Mm-hmm. I think they're cool episodes. They're interesting people and stuff like that. Now those are like touchstones of the podcast because oh, this And is I where think I- with those, like with all the examples you gave, it sounds like to me the memorable component is that you built like time capsules. Yeah. You know, because you captured moments in time that like, one, we can just go back and listen to them. Because, yeah, seeing the evolution of your relationship with someone like Donnie or the fact that, like, we are more uh, seasoned uh, adults, you know? And so it's like, we're going to be losing people, you know, because of age and health and whatever other reasons. But it's like, you know, the the loss of, of Bobby was impactful on the gaming community that we yeah. sort of hang around and follow but it's a conversation that we can go back to you know if you want to hear his voice again it still exists it's still there you know yeah. so like those are very like memorable components so yeah i think without having a big shock or a big ohm you know amazing like i think you 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 brought something up that's truly important about podcasting it's that it it continues to exist beyond you and beyond that moment in time, you know? Yeah, and I think that's really cool. And, you know, I've had people I've always wanted to interview on the podcast. You know, I had Rodney Barnes on, who was the writer for the Boondocks, and shortly after he was on my show, he wrote Winning Time, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was a big yeah. show on TV. He exactly. wrote a, He wrote the Wu-Tang show. You know, so huge shows on TV. Yeah. And, then, you know, I, I interviewed Stan Bush, the guy who wrote the song The Touch. Yeah. For the Transformers movie, that which is a part of my childhood, and that honestly is like one of my favorite episodes because it was like you can hear your like enthusiasm, and he didn't act like this fool's a cornball. He was just like he got hyped off you being hyped. Like that shit was crazy. It was so good. Yeah, like, it, it felt very authentic in like how you guys reacted. Yeah, it, it was it was super cool to do that interview, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it so much because I don't think. I don't think he always realizes how important he is to people, how important that song is to people. Oh, yeah. Because in his head, he's probably like, I did this song for this kid's movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, I guess the movie, and to yeah. pe- for people who, who don't know, that movie, when it came out, kind of flopped. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because pe- because parents were really upset that their kids' favorite Transformers were dying. Yeah. It got a lot of flack. It was real bad. Yeah, it didn't start getting like the success until till people my age started growing up. Like, oh, this is this was our favorite movie, you know. And then it became a, like like a lot bigger thing. So that song, the touch, didn't really kind of get big until I want to say Boogie Nights. Is that the movie yeah. was in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what I was just looking up again right now, and I believe it was in Boogie Nights. Um, I can't find it right now. But that was also another thing, too, is the fact that it it got a second chance. Yeah. You know? And it's one of those songs that is, like, 
from our generation and hearing it twice, it's almost like burned in our brains. Yes. You know, because it's one of those that just every so often, if someone talks about touching our power, like immediately I'm in my head, like you got to touch. Yes. It's wild. That song, he told a story on the podcast. You want to go back and listen to that episode, people. Mm. That song was originally made for Cobra. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that blew my mind. That would not have fit. No. Mm-mm. No, not at all. And there's sort of a, a nostalgic, like, 80s-ness to it, too, you know? Because it just is like, um, fuck, what was the show? Growing Pains. The yes. theme song from Growing Pains, in my mind, is like the ballad version in the ter- in terms of, like, its cadence and its structure. Not literally, yes. but just the way it sounds, they flow the same. It's just that the touch is a little more bigger but, it, but that's how the era was that's how it sounded you know it was just like these songs that they got stuck in your head they were a form of a ballad but they weren't a ballad you know it's just like they were weird they were different yeah it, it, that was just that era of music like that as you remind me it was like a lot of tv shows around that time had great songs oh yeah straight up uh-huh. Growing pains, who's the boss? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like uh, I was thinking about this the other day because um, it's been stuck in my head for days is and the fact that I can still do it like word for word is um, the fucking theme song to like Super Chicken. Yeah. And so it was just like, I don't know, I was walking the dogs and it was just like in my head and I was like singing it and I was like, I haven't fucking watched Super Chicken since I was like seven <laughs> like i don't remember if it was standalone or if it was like the offsets because it was like rocky and bullwinkle you had peabody and sherman tom slick super chicken like it was that the shows within the show type of thing yes and i was like i don't even know why i fucking remember this like i shouldn't remember this you know so it was like that was like interesting but they got stuck in our head because they had great theme songs i agree and i, I kind of want people to do that with our podcast yeah yeah that's important to me no very much so like i think it's super value valuable um now sort of on the flip side you have to name no names i would appreciate it if you did name names but uh, (laughs) how many times as you've listened to a show have you felt like oh shit this is a mistake i should probably end this show right now oh I have I can't remember his name right now. I had an episode that was so bad. I told I stopped the episode and told dude, nah, this ain't coming out. About we you got to do this episode again. This is terrible. Wait, is this, did, the dude who, is this the dude who showed up like drunk because someone died? I Something like that. I think so. But we I stopped the episode said we'll do it again. And we ended up doing it again. It was a lot better. He told like a great story about his his dad being like a biker or something like that. Uh huh. Yeah, that's smart because you can't just let everything ride and be like, okay, well, I'm just gonna put this out today. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, Mm-mm, not this one. Yeah, yeah this. One. <laughs> I've had a couple of episodes where, like, technical issues stopped the episode, or mm-hmm. like really bad internet, or yeah. I don't think that's- I ever stopped something. I don't think I ever stopped the episode for somebody saying something really wild. Mm-hmm. But I have stopped like, nah, this is t- 
terrible. You don't. Yeah, we're we're not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> internet really is the biggest uh, enemy, though. Yes. Where you'd be like, oh, my internet's banging, except for right now when I yeah. need it to work. <laughs> now all of a sudden you're on dial up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ooh, whoa. And then to kind of bring it around town, just uh, I think we'll we'll wrap up on this question. Um, who do you get asked? Like of all the three hundred episodes, like who do you get asked about? Where people are just like, hey whatever happened to or do you still talk to or do you remember that story like who do people hit you up about a lot of people they hit me up about brandon from shitty song of the week because they always ask well they don't, they don't never use brandon's name and you say what about the weird guy who was talking told all the weird stories about <laughs> fucking the concrete yeah <laughs> I, say, like, brandon. I, know who, I know who you're talking about he yeah. has a name <laughs> yeah they asked about that one they um they always ask me, see the thing is they don't necessarily ask about people. Mm-hmm. They ask about scenarios and things we talk about in the episode. Like I get a lot of comments and DMs about Crystal Storm and her amazing work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's what I get a lot about. Mm-hmm. I get um well now I get questions about so tell me. Mm-hmm. For the people who are on the Patreon, I think, as Chalfie knows, one of our friends wanna have him on our show really bad. <laughs> to talk to them about stuff. But yeah, I, I get a lot of questions about that. Some people ask about B Rob. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's been a, a wild, fun ride. And I'm just yeah. super excited yeah. anybody listens to say the least. Yeah, no, for sure. And, um, you know, just to, just to kind of, like I said, wrap it up, but just really give you some kudos, man, because in 300, like a lot of shows have come and gone. And the landscape has really changed too, like in terms of like the, the types of podcasts and um, to still really hold on and still have a steady, consistent schedule. I mean, so many times this dude over here has been like, I'm going to take a vacation and then ends up doing the week off, but twice as many shows. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I didn't go to work, but I'm recording this, I'm recording that. I'm like, fuck, dude, just take some time for yourself. But he's committed to it. And I think that commitment is also very commendable because in the years that I've I've known Delvin and talked to him in various forms, I've never heard anyone talk shit about Delvin or say like, fuck that dude, fuck his show. It always ends up being a positive experience, a constructive experience, or even more being like, I met this one because I met because of Delvin. He linked us up or something like that. I I think... That is the coolest thing about my show, honestly. When I see people who wouldn't normally know each other, but know each other because of the Delvin Cox experience. Mm-hmm. And our friends because of the Delvin Cox experience and interact outside yeah. of me. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that really kind of stands true to the message. You have united people. You know, and so then it's like if you were to reflect back, then you did what you intended to do. You yeah. in, you united the culture through diversity. And it's not just like a monoculture. It's a variety of cultures together. So, man, shout out to you. Um, really looking forward to hearing the rest of the pieces on this 300th episode. So to kind of to kind of bring it on down and land this plane, man, shout out to Delvin. Amazing job. Congratulations on 300 episodes. I'm Chalfie. You can listen to me on Cadillac on Mars where I fuck with Delvin as well. And we just talk wild shit yes. and just do dumb stuff. Um, we out of here. Peace. Peace. Delvin, my man. 
What is going on? It's your boy, Kyle the Pug. Just wanted to say congratulations on 300 episodes of your podcast, even though you say fuck you, Kyle the Pug, on PSVG, which uh, I guess it's now an ongoing gag, I guess. But you know what? It is what it is. But, <laughs> but on a serious note, congrats, man. Keep it up. Keep kicking ass and keep being yourself. Hashtag. Hey, Dalvin. It's Ken Bjorn Turner. Um, congratulations for 300. Hope to hear you for 300 more. Thank you for the show, man. Love listening to it. And you were kind of the inspiration and also gave me some good information on how to start my own podcast. Um, so thank you for that as well. Congratulations, man. Take care. Happy 300th episode to the Delvin Cox podcast. Delvin, it's your friend Alex, a.k.a. the Midnight Mo. We first crossed paths uh, and bonded over our many behind-the-scenes conversations, episode dissections, and character breakdowns when I played Vancito on the show Legacy. I remember telling our mutual friend Crystal, this Delvin Cox has something special. Keep him around. He has really good vibes. Then come to find out that you had a podcast, which I began listening to, and now look forward to listening to every week. Thank you for using your platform to showcase points of view from all walks of life. Your podcast is a safe space where you make your guests feel comfortable, free of judgment. You welcome your audience in, and it feels like we're just hanging out with you in your living room, all while changing the cultural landscape for good. You're a great father, a great sounding board when your friends need opinions, and a great host. Congrats on 300 episodes, friend.